On this episode of the Grow Plateau podcast, we have Alex Valencia from Caldwell Banker in Tampa, Florida. Originally from California, her most recent travels have led her to her new permanent home in Tampa. On this episode, Alex dives into how she uses technology in growing her business. All right. Hey, Alex, thanks for hopping on the podcast with me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into it and go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Alex Valencia or Alexandra. I am a realtor in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, I work all over the West Central region of Florida, and I've been in business for a little over five years as my own agent. And then prior to that, I was an agent's assistant, and I've been loving it ever since I got started. So what year, when did you start getting into it? Um, right before COVID. So end of 2018, beginning of 2019 was when I got my license. Um, it was a little bit of a slower start. And then once the world shut down, it was pretty much game on from there and hasn't thankfully slowed down since. And, and you're not, we were just talking a little bit, you're not originally from Florida, right? You're from California. Yep. Yep. I, um, I've been a traveler for the last however many years, was in California to 23, moved to Hawaii, lived there for four years, met my husband. He was from the Lutz area. And I said I'd never move for a man and I would never move to Florida. And I got a two for one deal. And it was definitely <laughs> right place at the right time. Um, you know, I just I didn't when I moved out here, I really didn't know what I was wanting to do. I knew it wasn't the restaurant industry anymore. So I started looking into real estate as most servers and bartenders apparently do. Um, and I just, I really liked the ability to work for myself and um, make my own, well, you say you make your own schedule, but now you work 24 seven. So don't, don't think that's how it's going to be. But um, yeah, right place at the right time, especially for Florida and COVID. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's, I always find it interesting when like someone moves to a whole new area because you can't really rely on your sphere of influence, right? When you right. first get into it. So you have to kind of create your own. So how did you kind of go about doing that? So it was, it was one of those things where I was definitely on like my next journey, my next chapter, you know, when I moved to Hawaii, like I was so bad with change. I remember when my parents changed the carpet in our house, like I had a meltdown over it. And so when I moved from California to Hawaii, like I couldn't even ask somebody to jumpstart my car. Cause that's just how I've, timid I was of asking people for help and, you know, being new. Um, and then from Hawaii, I got to travel a lot and I did a lot of solo traveling and that just gave me the huge confidence boost that I needed, especially relying on yourself. You know, traveling is much different than going on vacation. I went to Indonesia, I went to Thailand alone and it was just super eye-opening. So when we moved to Florida and especially starting business, like I kind of had an idea already, like those things set me up for it. So um, for instance, I started working in places that A, had a lot of money and B, had a lot of people my age. Um, I joined gyms that I wanted. You know, I, I did things that I found joy in, um, whether it was the gyms, the restaurant, doing extracurriculars. Um, my friends will joke like I've definitely forced relationships. It's hard to make friends in your 30s when you do or don't have kids. So when I'd meet someone that I felt like we really clicked, I was like, let's be friends. And they were kind of like, oh my God. And I was like, no, like we need each other. Yeah. And some of those people are my best friends today. So the same thing happened with, you know, clients and 
I just, I had it in my mind, the more people I met, of course, the better business I'd get. And at that time, everyone was still, you know, still renting and, and some of us are. Um, but my name was out there and I was making my own group of friends and, uh, you know, support system and whatnot. And then when I got into real estate, um, people watched me evolve. They saw me working, you know, I still worked two jobs when I got into this business. It, you know, it takes a lot of money to get this business started. And so I always tell everyone, you know, don't quit your day job, have six months in savings, like working in the restaurant industry too. You met so many local people, you met people that were coming to, you know, help their kids move into school. So I would tell everyone I'm a real estate agent. And sometimes I look at you weird, like, okay, well then why do you have another job? But to be honest, you know, the schedule worked out perfectly. I would do real estate from 10 to three, and then I'd work in the restaurant from four to midnight and get up and do it the next day. And I did that for about a year and a half. Um, took the leap of faith once I had enough in savings. The day I quit my job was when I lost my first contract. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. And, but honestly, after that, um, you know, COVID started and that's when things really began, just totally switched for me. Um, yeah. Really just kind of put yourself out there. Yeah. And, and it was awful and awkward and, but I knew it would work. You know, I had been there before when I moved to Hawaii and when I moved, when I traveled different countries, like you just, you find your people and I like, had a very good headspace of like I have to make this work I'm not gonna fail and the right people will come like I just life had already proven that to me so I just had to keep the faith and keep going and yeah it was super hard and awkward and you know but it's so worth it in the end yeah yeah so that's kind of how you created your your own sphere of influence there mm -hmm. you mentioned like you know you you work two jobs and I always felt like for agents who just get into it, like they're so transactionally focused that like they just want to get yes. a deal done. Was that like a difficult thing? Cause like, I always think like agents need to think more like long-term, you know, that's going to be provide them more, I think client retention. So like, mm -hmm. was that a hard thing to kind of get past like being like, I need to eat tonight kind of thing? No. Um, my mentality was if I just get one deal done my first year, I'm doing okay. My whole mission in my first year was to get as much education as I could. Again, meet all the agents in my office because I don't think a lot of agents utilize their office enough or they really don't look for a good supportive office. But there were so many like big players in my office and I lived really far north compared to everyone else. So I was I deemed myself the north of Kennedy agent because South of Kennedy, that was South Tampa. That's what everyone did in that area. And it was very cutthroat. And I was like, well, I live way up north. So anytime anyone had any questions or clients and showings up north, they'd call me first. So I made, I mean, just the way I met other people and friends, I made people know who I was and introduced myself. Um, I sat in the middle of the office. We call it the bullpen where, you know, all the newer agents kind of sit. So you'll see a lot of agents walking by and I'd introduce I mean, I was that annoying person that I was like, hey, I'm Alex, nice to meet you. And they'd be like, oh, dear. And I'm like, just, you know, but I knew I had to. And so, and I think having that low expectation of like actually not getting a deal done, I ended up getting a deal within my first 30 days of being there. And it was actually a floor call. And my broker was like, 
saw that I had been in there every single day and was actually trying, which a lot of agents, I think, just sit and wait for the money to fall on your lap. And it's, this is not that business. Um, it's not business in general anyways. So because of just showing up, she gave me that listing. It was the craziest, most awful listing to date, but it taught me everything that I needed to know how to do this business. Taught me about boundaries. It taught me about, I mean, so much. And so just, um, you know, making like, I remember I didn't even have any, all the paperwork that I needed before closing. And she was like, where's the paperwork? I was like, what do you mean? Cause they don't teach you how to do real estate and no. class at all. Um, so just those kind of things. I was like, shoot, like I got a lot to learn. And so I was kind of glad I didn't have a lot of business my first year because the anxiety and all that while working two jobs on the side, I mean, I mean, I could barely handle it as it was. So it was perfect for me. That's awesome. Did did you, um, so being in the office, I always, my manager always said like good things happen when you're in the office. So mm -hmm. uh, same kind of thing. Like I always came into the office too and I just got into it. But was there any agents you mentioned you have like some big players there? Was there agents that you tried to emulate or was there, was there a lot of agents that you could go to with like questions or maybe yeah. even like learn not what to do? Like maybe it's not oh, my sure. style. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. And, and I think what's hard for people is they know, like you don't get into this business knowing how to run a business. Like I could do real estate all day long, but actually learning how to run a business is so different. So I would, all I knew was to show up to a job. So I treated this business like a job. I set my office hours. I'd be in at 10 a.m. Actually, I'd be in at about 9 a.m. And then I'd leave at 3, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would let all the agents know that I was available to do open houses. That was the way how I really got to know people. Um, there was a lot of agents who I thought I wanted to be like. And, you know, I joined like junior league and all these extracurriculars. And I realized I was like, I don't want any of that. Like, I just, I want my clients and I want to go home and, you know, have a good day. And, and that's all I wanted. And so when I met an agent that was independent, she didn't have a team. She was very much like me. Like I get to pick and choose from different people what I want to create my business to be like. Um, I've worked with a lot of agents that made me realize like I wouldn't ever do that or I don't want to be like that person, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's cool. And I think that's why it is important to network and get to know your peers because you can learn so much from them. And the only way I've ever been able to learn a new school is by apprenticeship. Like I, I'm not a really good self teacher. Um, I like, I need like to physically be with someone to show me the ropes and Learn What's cool doing. about that is they feed you all the stuff they don't want to do. So you're like, just give me all the scraps. And then you, that's how you really learn the gritty stuff before you get the nice shiny listings and buyers and whatnot. Yep. Yep. I'm the same. I was the same exact way when I, so I was, I helped my family's, my wife's family's company to do, you know, marketing and stuff like that. And my manager was like, you should get licensed. I'm like, okay. So I got licensed and, you know, not a month later, you know, I was thrown into doing wholesaling, which any bank that doesn't do government loans they would send to me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I say the joke all the time, but like, I literally couldn't spell FHA. Like I didn't know what I was doing, you know, like credit score, what the hell's that? So, um, it kind of forced me to kind of, you know, trial by fire, just get thrown in the deep end and just mm -hmm. do it, you know? So, right. um, you know, that's, I kind of learned the exact same way. Yeah. But so, you know, you, you put yourself out there, you're, you're in the office, you're creating that sphere of influence, you're, you're, um, hanging out your your clients are people that you want to work with which i think is huge mm -hmm. do you use 
Like, how do you use social media to kind of further grow your sphere of influence? So when right before COVID, I had this small networking group of different entrepreneurs. We had a realtor, we had a stager, we had a photographer, and we really focused on social media and the different ways that the algorithm would work. But more than that, how to actually capture clients. And again, as always, like I just read a post, you know, 10 minutes before this talking about authenticity versus, you know, high resolution professional photos and what actually gets people attention. And yes, I have professional photos and those things are well and good, but it's that authenticity that allows me to connect with people. So I would go on and post and then for like 15, 20 minutes to an hour, depending on my day, I would sit on social media and just creep on people's pages. I'd follow the same hashtags I like, um, Tampa, you know, things to do in Tampa Bay. Um, People are obsessed with their dogs here. So I would be like creeping on their dog pages and I just we get to learn, you know, Tampa is a small area, too. And most of us are, you know, commit or separated by two or three people. So it's pretty easy to, you know, figure out who your clientele is. Mm-hmm. And I would send DMs to people that added me and say, you know, in live videos, say, hey, thank you so much for adding me. My name's Alex. You know, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out. It backfired a couple times. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest women always doing that on men's pages, but whatever. Um, but I ended up getting, I mean, so many clients from just doing things like that or commenting on their dog's page or getting in, getting in people's DMs and having conversations and also saying, like, thank you for supporting my page. Like, any like I get, anyone that follows me, they're essentially supporting my business, whether they know it or not, if they share my post, if they save it. So just thanking people, like, you may not be able to buy anything right now, but you're helping me so much. And and that's really been great. And I also would help people with like the process of buying a home a year before or more before they were ever ready to buy. I mean, I had no clientele, so I had all the time in the world to have multiple Zoom appointments and talk to people about getting their ducks in a row. I would brief them on, okay, like, if you bring this to a lender, they don't necessarily have to pre-qualify you right now, but they can teach you what to pay down, what lines of credit to keep open. You need two years if you're a business. Like, I knew nothing about all that. And so I took what I didn't know and made it my, I guess, way of like helping people, you know, get their ducks in a row too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I love to work and do love working with first-time homebuyers is because I made so many mistakes in my life from asking the wrong people questions that didn't actually know the answer. And so I will be the first one to say like, hey, I ruined my credit or I didn't know this. Like, let me show you how to do this the right way. And in turn, those buyers, that first time home buyer, I'm now five years later selling their home and buying their second one or expanding because they have a kid, like full circle. And it's been amazing. And it's just through being authentic. Yeah, just being your being yourself on social media because I feel like, you know, if you're not authentic, if people can see through the bullshit, right? Like, if you're not your true self on social media, that's really going to come through. Yeah, and you know, kind of, it's you can't hide fit. that when you meet somebody. Right, exactly. You can't hide it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about like you know helping first time home buyers and kind of guiding them through the process. Is is that kind of the content you try and focus on? Is more of the educational stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, a ton of educational stuff, um, probably more than I should. Because, I mean, it, honestly, it doesn't get likes. 
it doesn't get the people's attention, but I know it gets saves, but it's there when people need it. Um, and then I do a lot of, um, yeah, mostly, mostly educational, I'd say. And then whatever I'm listing or selling, um, a lot of places tell you not to always post your just listed, just sold. But I feel like, I mean, when I was dating, the first thing I would do is check somebody's Instagram to like make sure that we're, you know, like we're cool. So yeah, why yeah. wouldn't people do that with me as an agent? Yep. Um, nobody will would probably even go on Zillow to see how many homes I've sold, but they'll go on my Instagram to see what I'm like. So, yep. um, and then just sharing, you know, the food, I'm, I'm a huge foodie. Like all my clients know, like I got snacks in the car at all times. So I always talk about food and what I'm, you know, eating in Tampa or places to go and the local knowledge and whatnot. And then and a little sprinkling in of my personality and weirdness. Yeah. I get off on that. So mostly educational though. Okay. Is that so? What types of content you mentioned the shares and the saves? Is that something that you kind of look for in terms of what engagement you try and get? I mean, it's to be honest, I don't really pay attention to it. I'll like randomly look every once. Like if I see I got twenty likes on a on a post, I'm like, damn, that sucked. But if I get you know fifty more, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, whenever I show my, this is what I tell agents too. Like show your face, and they get really nervous. I'm like, listen, I hate it too, but my pictures with my face and I get way better engagement than when they don't. So just things like that, seeing what flops and what doesn't and how I can adjust. Um, I know every, we, I've, we all got a short attention span. So always trying to like cut down what I'm saying and, you know, all those little tips and tricks to keep it short and sweet. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I really don't look at the engagement. Um, I don't look at how many sends. It's just a rabbit hole. Like, unless I'm getting a client out of it, I don't care, yeah. you know? Yep. So you met, you just mentioned that something I was going to ask you about too was like agents, you know, you mentioned about your pictures that have your face and it get, you know, better engagement. Was there ever a fear of getting on camera? Because I know like I had it for myself and I know agents, you know, other agents don't like getting in front of a camera. But did you ever have that kind of fear? And if you did, how'd you kind of get over it? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't have that fear? You're literally posting your face on like this tiny little. I mean, it's just like one of those things. That, like if I have that thought, I'm sure there's hundreds of other people that have that thought. And again, back on the authenticity, I tell because I do some social media coaching in our office. I'm like, tell people that you're nervous they're nervous too. Mm -hmm. tell people that you're like, this is so awkward and I'm practicing, but guess what? Like I got to learn it because this is my business. Tell them that like, just because then if you're like trying to edit what you're, Oh my God, it's so exhausting with all these apps and media and moving parts that we have. I'm like, it just, it's not perfect. And you know, sometimes I probably do put my foot in my, like, just try though, you know, and just, if you're that nervous about it, just keep practicing and send the videos to your family and say, hey, is there anything I should like critique on? You know, I get agents that'll film themselves from like the chin up. I'm like, hey, probably not the best angle. Like, let's move it out a little bit. But for the most part, it's just you get what you get because there's no difference between me on social media and me in, in real life. Right. Yep. That goes back to that, that being authentic piece, mm -hmm. right? You know, and like your first videos, you mentioned like they're probably not going to be great. You know, mm -hmm. like my first videos were awful, you know, very and cringy. very cringy. Mm -hmm. And like my voice is my voice and how I look is how I look. I literally can't change it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't like listening to myself on a voicemail or something, but that's how I sound. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. So, um, you know, I think I think like you mentioned, just kind of doing it and saying if you're nervous, like say it. I think it mm -hmm. puts everybody else at uh, their guard comes down because 
if if you're talking to somebody, like let's say it's at a seminar or something, like home buyer seminar, everyone there is probably nervous too because they've never bought a house. It's so overwhelming, yeah. Very overwhelming. We do it every day, so it's like kind of our norm. But right for ninety nine percent of the of the people, it's not it's not their norm. So yeah, they're they're nervous. They're just as nervous as you are, right? So right. Do you do you do any scripting, or do you kind of just like right off the top? Usually, well, there's two two sides to this answer. The first one is depending on what I'm posting. Um, when I do my photography sessions with my photographer, Kimberly Murmano, she's amazing. We have a phone call prior to shooting and we talk about the kind of posts that I want to do. That way we know what outfit I'm going to wear. We know what photos to take because we know what topic we're posting on. So that in its sense is organized and it makes it really easy for when I batch content because I'm like, okay, the photo with a just sold sign, obviously we're going to put those on just sold or listings and things like that. Um, when I go to share on stories, not so much, but what's funny is sometimes like I'll want to rant on something, whether it's, I mean, usually it's real estate related, but whenever my phone won't upload it or like I keep recording it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to post that today. Yep. Like that is my like little red flag that I'm like, mm, probably not my best look. Like maybe let's take it back. Think on this for a minute. If I'm still thinking about it tomorrow, maybe I'll post it then. I really try not to post anything in the heat of the moment. Also too, because I'm really paranoid with clients. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to talk about inspections when I just had a huge inspection blow up for somebody. Like that probably would hurt their feelings a little bit. So I really try to take a breath and think on it and just let it, you know, simmer. Yeah. And then if I feel that it's worth posting the next day, I'll post it, but usually I don't. Um, and then also trying to keep it business related because although I like to add a little bit of character into my stories and my posts, one, if people don't know that you're a real estate agent, you need to change what you're posting on social media. Yep. Because if I can't tell what you're selling from the first look on your page, I don't want to work with you. And then second, Nobody's coming here to hear what I eat in a day or, you know, what, you know, there's just certain things I don't want the public to know either. So, yeah, you know, I try to find that good balance on that. Um, but I don't think you need to share your whole life story on your business page by any means. Sure. Yeah. Just like you mentioned earlier, you're just kind of sprinkling your personality, but it doesn't have to be like the focal point. Yeah. You know, of your of your page. I'm a realtor. Are, are there any like social? Yeah, exactly. Is there any like social media accounts you try and like emulate? Not necessarily copy, but like, man, like that account is really kind of used for inspiration. Yeah. Um, there's a girl in Sacramento, she, The Simple Touches. She does a lot of like coaching on what to post. Uh, Virginia Kerr. Um, oh, God, what is her name? She's an agent in Georgia. She's really heavy. Uh, Glenda. I can't think of her last name. You'll find her, though not emulate but just take pieces from that i like their style or i like the way they hold themselves i'm really more attracted to the person than what their volume or their business is because like there's a lot of people that crush it in this area i want nothing to do with them or you know to be like them or anything like that so i really just try to those pages are a lot of coaching on social media and business but also more so about how you hold yourself in front of your clients and uh your peers um, those are the first three off the top of my head. Yeah. Do you use a content calendar? Um, I use Trello. 
I so I batch everything and then I just upload it from the app. I don't have anything pre-scheduled because I feel like it never does well anytime I've used those. And also mm -hmm. I would probably accidentally schedule like Mother's Day on Father's Day or something like that. So I like to have like in the mornings I do it <laughs> before I put it out. Yeah, sure. And you mentioned, you know, with your photographer that you, you know, you, you're prepared with like, you know, clothing and that kind of stuff. You yeah. kind of have like a set day that you go out and shoot content every week or yeah. another week. So we do um, photos quarterly. And so we'll have a call a month before we have our photo shoot. We'll pick our location. Um, she gives us like seven to eight outfit choices. So I know like, I mean, when we're doing it, it is like bam, bam, bam. Like I'm exhausted by the end of it. And we have... I want to say like three hours to shoot. So the second we get there a little early so we can catch up and then it's like game on shooting, filming the whole bit in that area. And then we're done. And you're done. Mm -hmm. Gosh, so you keep it pretty organized. Yeah. Um, have you done any, any like paid advertising or anything like that? <laughs> um, yes. Yes. And it hasn't been great to be honest. And again, I think it has to come with that authenticity um, I have, so last year, because the year before we made so much money with all you folks moving to Florida, I dished out a ton of money on paid advertising. I did my clients get a magazine every few months. Um, I did the yacht magazines. I did all sorts of things and I did not see one dime of a return on it this year. So I canceled everything and I also feel like whenever I got a call that wasn't from something I curated with my personality or my business, like maybe it was a sign call or a floor callers, it's never been a good deal. It's been a crazy client or someone unappreciated. It just has not gone well. So I really believe that like, granted, I need more than just social media because literally Facebook and, and Instagram did go down one day a couple years ago and it was just like, huh. If this goes away tomorrow, I think a lot of us are screwed. So I do have other advert, you know, just listed, just sold postcards. I send a lot of cards to past clients because most of my business I'd say is, I'd say about 85% referral and then the rest is social media. So I know where my business is coming from and it's never been from paid advertising. So I really try not to go that route, but you know, I'll leave my cards at, every few places like juice bars and coffee shops. I used to, when I first got started, I used to do how to give five business cards a day away, but I had to talk to the person that I gave it to. And then I would do like 10 or so everywhere else in public, the gas station, whatnot. Um, and that was fun. That makes you get out of your, yourself nice. and talk to people too. Yeah, definitely. Now, do you use like, you mentioned your past clients that you do kind of cards to. What else, What do you do specifically to market to your past clients? Because I always feel like that's always like a weird, like we can market to like potential new mm -hmm. clients, but marketing to current clients is kind of like, well, what do I talk to them about? So like, what do you right. kind of do to kind of market to your past clients? Um, they get a market snapshot of the value of their home, which actually when I first sent them out because Tampa was so inflated at the time a lot of them called me and they were really upset and I was like you're okay let me do a real one and not auto generate and so we would have those conversations um I sent out birthday cards um I just did my best one was Valentine's Day I sent out five dollar gift cards to all my past clients and got a ton of business from that and it's just 
it's wild to think that your clients can forget your name. Like so many people, there's statistics that say that people will forget their realtor within like three years. And I'm like, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. So just, I mean, social media, isn't that wild? Like, oh man. I mean, I only helped you with the biggest purchase of your life. Literally most stressful time of your life. How can you not remember my name? But I mean, between social media and like texting, like most of my clients are younger than me. So like we'll text all the time or like I have some that are big foodies. So whenever I discover a new restaurant or one by their house, I'm like, oh my gosh, have you gone to Los Chapos? And they're like, hey. So um, I, I feel like I've been blessed that way. And I think it goes back again to that authenticity that like, my clients will call me a year later and say, like, you need to come over. We put a pergola in our yard. And I'll be like, okay, sweet. Let's, I'll stop by 5 o'clock on Thursday. And it's just like, nice. it doesn't have to be much. I mean, again, I can't spend a ton of money giving gifts. I mean, I could, but that's a lot of people to, like, buy gifts for. And, like, I want it to be intentional. You know, when I get a, a referral from a client, I'll send that client a gift card and say thank you. And, you know, somewhere nice that I know they like to eat. Or I've even gone to the point where, like, I've, like, someone posted their favorite bottle of wine and I took a picture of it because I knew next year I was going to list their house. And like a whole year later, I went out and bought them that bottle of wine. So they'd hush. They were like, how do you know? I'm like, because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and I creeped on your Instagram and <laughs> had this in my camera roll for a year. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just like catching up with an old friend, really. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So you've seen a pretty big increase in, in doing, you know, social media and, and those marketing techs that you've been doing? It's been the only way that I've gotten business, really. I mean, it's tried and true. It lets me do it how I want to do it. Um, I've thought of other avenues, you know, doing homebuyer seminars and things like that. And yes, it's something, you know, eventually one day I'd like to do. But it's really hard to find a balance when you run your own business. Um, you know, like I said prior, I really wanted to be the who's who and super connect and all that. But honestly, at the end of my day, it's just like, I need to come home and chill and take care of me because if I don't take, and I went through this about two years ago, um, during the spring summertime when it was the height of the market, the crash of being overworked and not setting boundaries and just, I just, I kept going because I knew it wasn't going to last like that forever but I got so burnt out that like for two weeks after summer, I couldn't get off the couch because I was so depressed. And I just mm-hmm. promised myself I would never go to back down that rabbit hole again. So I really tried to stick to what works. And like I said, I could work all day long, every night. I'm obsessed with this business, but I just, it's just not the long-term benefit for me. Um, yeah. Anytime I take time off and go in the garden or anytime I'm about to go on vacation, literally Friday, I'm 10 minutes before we leave for Mother's Day vacation. And I put a contract under pending, like got it signed. And it's no matter what. So if you're not busy, go on vacation because that's when everyone's going to call you. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> it, it's funny you, you say that because I just I just recorded another podcast with another agent um, down in Florida. And, you know, we'll get to this towards the end. But you know, I asked her, what is something in real estate that everybody should either start doing or stop doing? And what she said was start taking care of yourself because mm-hmm. this business is such a grind that if you're not, you know, taking time for yourself, you know, for your mental health, mm-hmm. this business can kind of overtake you. So yeah. I thought yeah. it was interesting. This is the second one in a row that that's a really good point. And yeah, you have set hours and you try to stick to a schedule, but you're always available. And I think it's like, 
just the fact of knowing you're available 24 seven can really just take a toll on you. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Mm-hmm. It's like it, when I first started, it's like when the phone rang at like seven o'clock, it was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Like what happened? Oh yeah. Now, and like, you kind of learn to like, you know, put, you know, put your phone aside for a little bit. People can yeah. wait another, you know, a half hour or whatever. This problem will still be a problem in the morning unless there's not a property on fire. Sorry, a little too soon. Uh, right. Then we should be okay. Ouch. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like people can wait, like, you know, unless there is something on fire. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that uh, that was so perfect. Um, uh <laughs> So, sorry. so uh, for everyone listening, I had a tenant try and start a fire at one of my properties today. So, um, but, uh, you know, I think, it, you know, I, if someone's not on social media or not looking to put themselves out there, I think they're only doing themselves a disservice, right? Like, I think they have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and like, mm-hmm. just, just try it. Like, cause everybody else is kind of in the same boat, especially from in Florida, I, I, at least in my experience, it feels like a lot of people are from Midwest, Northeast, you know, they're not from Florida. So Mm -hmm. everybody else is kind of in the same boat as you. So it's a perfect area to kind of put yourself out there because other people are looking to meet other people too. Right. Well, and not only that, I mean, there are a ton of agents that are from here, their parents were in the business that get business from that. And and that it was another reason why I kind of had to step back and be like, okay, what do I want my business to look like? Cause you can't, the other thing you can't do in this business and compare yourself. Um, there was an agent that told me the best advice. She's like, just put your blinders on and keep your head down. And it's true because what I offer may not be what another agent can offer. My, my clientele, my personality, the way and areas I do business may not be what everyone else is doing. And although there are a ton of agents in this area there's plenty of business. And like you said, most of our clients are not from here. So I need to be the local expert. But on the backhand of that, I have a ton of, you know, local, you know, my husband being from here, I have a big pool of people that are from here. And I learn from them all the time, places to go, places to eat, try to support local. And I would say for the agents that are not on social media, I do a lot of um, help with older agents and, you know, people that just did not grow up with any of the stuff that you and I have grown up with. Um, you know, they have business and I say, okay, just it's to stay relevant. It's not really to maybe get more business and just to remind people that you're still in business. Um, mm-hmm. But really getting yourself out there, like I still wear my name tag and I feel so cheesy doing it, but no other agents wear their name tag. And my partner, actually, she started last year and she's killing it. She wore her name tag wherever she went. She had all the Coldwell Banker. You know, she loves all that stuff. She got the bag. She got the pen. She got the hat. Yep. And I was laughing at her. And then I was like, I, I, she should be laughing at me because she's advertising her business wherever she... I mean, I got her dog a little bandana that says my mom is a realtor because she goes to the dog park every day and she's gotten clients from that. And so it's just like, you don't have to be on social media to show that you do business. But what I will say is if you are advertising your business in that caliber, you better be in a good mood. You better not yeah. drive like a bed if you put it on your car, because that's one thing that I'm terrified of. I won't do. Um, but you just need to realize that, like, again, you're always available. And 
I learned this when I failed at network marketing. They would always tell you, you know, your mouth is your your office hours. You need to be talking to people and you need to be finding a way. There's always a way to talk real estate. You need to be finding a way to get that into conversation and go, oh, by the way, I know we just met, but if you ever need any help, here's my card. And they're like, oh, you're sneaky. And I'm like, you got it. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. I mean, and like you kind of mentioned it earlier, like it, when you started saying that, like, not everybody is a fit for you or I, right? And you want to work with the clients that are going to be the fit because it's going to allow for a better experience for not just them, but for you, right? So well, it goes back to that, like, kind of taking care of yourself down. and, you know, that whole thing. So, yeah, you want to like the people you're working with. And if I'm like dreading meeting somebody at an appointment, like, golly, you're with these people for, you know, 45 days plus. So I hope you like each other. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then three years later, I forget your name. Exactly. <laughs> Start all over again. Yeah, exactly. But so we're coming up on the end here. And these are three questions that I ask everybody that comes on. So yeah. first one, what's one book or podcast that you think everyone looking to grow their business in real estate should either read or listen to? The, the best one I read is called Rejection Proof. And I'm going to butcher this. Uh, I don't even want to say that. Jai Yang, J-I-A, J-I-A-N-G. And it talks, this guy literally goes out every single day and does the craziest things to get rejected. But over those rejections, he learned to ask why, because it wasn't just an initial no. We know how they say it's always like, if it's a no, it means a not right now. I mean, he was, he was afraid of everything. And so he literally asked this guy, it was the Ca Dallas Cowboys game, he's in Texas, knocked on this man's door. He said the guy was like seven feet tall and he asked him if he could grill a burger on his barbecue in his backyard. Oh my God. And the guy eventually said yes. It's just, really? it's, it's such a hilarious, amazing book. And it was like, it really put me in that mindset of like, and this is what I tell my clients is you don't know until you know, like nobody knows all this stuff. They're, they can't even teach you all this stuff in real estate because so much crazy shit happens all the time it yeah. class would be endless. So it's like, if you have a question, just ask somebody. And if you don't feel like they know the answer, ask somebody else. Like it just blows my mind that between having Google at your fingertips and all these resources out there, people just don't ask. And then it teaches you how to continue that conversation. It's, it's such a great book. I love it. So it's called rejection proof. Okay. Rejection proof. I like that. All right. Next one. What should everyone who is in real estate either stop doing or start doing? Stop comparing yourselves to other people. It is a thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And start, honestly, if you don't read or try to better yourself personally, like personal development, this job is 100% personal development. It is the most humbling career you will ever get into because the only person that will make mistakes is you, no matter what your clients think. So you have got to get tough skin and get into that betterment, empoweredness, all that jazz, because it this this career can absolutely destroy somebody that, you know, may not have that background. Um, and also benefits you in every other area of your life too. So Yeah. I, I don't care how long you've been in real estate, you're gonna be learning something every something every single day. Yep. You know, and like I'm I'm a big Syracuse sports fan. So like the head coach for Syracuse football said, you know, you want to be green and growing, not red and rot. So that was always something that kind of stuck with me. Which yeah. I think is totally true. So yeah, you'll never know enough. All right. And it's like Last. anything to do. 
not good. Yeah. Exactly. All right, last question. Where can everybody find you online? Okay, obviously Instagram is my top one. It's Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A in Tampa Bay. Um, LinkedIn, Facebook, I don't go on those too much, mostly on Instagram. I have a TikTok and I kind of stepped away from that platform. Um, so mostly Instagram. Yeah, so did I. I kind of just got... I just kind of fell off with it. I kind of got tired of it. Yeah, the whole China thing is a little uh, concerning, so I'm just going to not. And it's just one more annoying app that I have to remember that... to post to. Yeah, <laughs> I think like what, I mean, obviously there's that the whole China thing, but like the other thing too is like, I found myself like just scrolling through for like hours and I'd be like, oh my God, it's two in the morning. Like what just happened? Yes. You know, like, so I was like, check, my, check myself a little bit, you know? Yeah, the less, I mean, I know we're just talking about how great Instagram is, but I will be the first to tell you it is such a life ruiner. Every problem comes from the phone. So as much as I need it, I hate it too. And it's just like, it's a very hard balance for myself. The true love hate. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast. This was great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too.